This morning we're resuming our study of the Alpha and Omega of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been going through this study looking at how truly he is literally the Alpha and Omega, the, the A to Z and everything in between of our salvation. Over the coming, uh, or the, over the past number of weeks, we've been looking at the various uh, letters of the alphabet and seeing how the Word of God sets forth um, various titles and descriptions of the only Savior sent into the world to save sinners. And the name of that, that, that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we look at the letter A, and we think of Him as our all in all. He's, he's all our salvation. Or we could say He's our advocate, our advocate with the Father. You know, there's a, a, a number of epistles that a man named John, John the Evangelist, not to be confused with John the Baptist, and in his first epistle, he's writing to God's chosen people, God's elect. And he writes there in the second chapter, there in, in the first verse, um, words of comfort. It says there, uh, when a man sins, or, or when someone Sins, or we could say it uh, uh, much more plainly. When when you and I sin, beloved, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then we looked at the letter uh, B. And uh, when I think about a beautiful Savior, I think about that verse in Psalm 110, verse three. It speaks about how God in power saves His people. He makes them willing in the day of his power, not, not our power. Uh, salvation is not according to our calendar. It's according to his calendar. And it says there in that verse that, that describing our Lord Jesus Christ, that he's the, the beauties of holiness. <laughs> he's our righteousness, beloved. And then the, the letter C, how that we're complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ isn't an almost Savior. He's uh, the Savior that who saves sinners to the uttermost. It says there in that portion, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, in, in case you want to know why I'm quoting those verses all the time, I'm, I'm not uh, trying to impress anyone here. I'm just trying to make it clear to you that, that I'm not behind this pulpit to tell you something novel or come up with some clever phrase or some... Uh, impressive outline. I, I'm here to tell you, um, as my brother would say, I'm, I'm just a, a delivery boy. <laughs> I'm just a water boy. And this is what the Word of God says. It says, you are complete in Him, beloved. You lack nothing. A full and complete pardon of all your sins through the precious blood of Christ and a righteousness you have nothing whatsoever to do with. Every blood, blood-bought child of God is found in the pardon and perfection of God's well-pleasing Son. <laughs> and the letter D, uh, can you think of a letter D? What comes to mind? Well, he's the, our deliverer. But what about a, a portion of Scripture that comes to mind? Because I don't want to have uh, those descriptions left to our imagination, do you? <laughs> I want to have those descriptions in the Word of God set forth in plain. 
but the letter D, he is the, the, the deliverer. Where does it say that? Well, if you allow me, I'll just look that up right now. It says there, Yeah, that's uh, what our brother Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Remember what he said? He said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And the deliverer, oh, let that sink in. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if <laughs> that would be hidden as a bookmark? I wouldn't forget it. You see, um, I believe, beloved, you believe, but our faith is fragile. It's, uh, it's weak. It's It's little. But the object of our faith is the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the faithfulness of this real man, the Son of God, who lived the life that we couldn't. God demands payment for sin, and He demands holy perfection. And we don't have it. But the Lord Jesus Christ, He did that for us, which we can't do for ourselves. And I'm so thankful for that. So we have A, B, C, D, E... One of my favorite verses that comes to mind when I think about the letter E is uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it says there of God's chosen people and elect people, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, how he's the Savior who gives us an expected end. It says right there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says there, for thus saith the Lord, for thus saith the Lord Jehovah, for thus saith the true and living God, for thus saith the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that I think that for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And that expected end is to be absent from the body and present with the Lord, which is, which is far better. And then uh, F. Now, if you've not heard the gospel before, if you've not heard the truth, this might actually thrill you. I pray it will. If you're one of his chosen people and he's pleased to bless his word with his power, with his spirit, right now at this moment, you're going to hear something you never heard before. Turn with me to Isaiah. And this is just by way of review, beloved. And I might have to stop doing a review of every letter of the, <laughs> of the alphabet. Otherwise, we won't have time to get to the letter J. And I, I assure you, it's filled with, with such a blessing. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and oh, how many years that I live not knowing any of this. I even heard, a, for those of you that are familiar with classical music, there's a piece called Handel's Messiah. And that was uh, written many a century ago. And I even heard people sing this and I didn't understand it. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says there, and this is a, 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 a prophetic verse talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says there, For unto us a child is born. That baby was formed in the womb of the virgin. And uh, we know young Joseph, he was troubled by that. He hadn't consummated the marriage. He hadn't uh, 
married uh, Mary, as it were. Uh, she was uh, his fiancée. And he discovers that she's pregnant. And he's, he's troubled. Think about it for a moment. Your fiancée is pregnant, and you haven't consummated the marriage. Just, just how troubled Joseph was at that time. But in that moment of his, him being troubled, an angel came to him in a vision and told Joseph these words. This is a, a message from the very throne of God. An angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary for your wife. For what's conceived in her womb is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so we see that there is a prophecy about this, this, this child, this promised child, this promised Messiah, this promised Savior. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. As the eternal Son of God, he cannot be born, he must be given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's a sovereign Savior. And his name shall be called, now these are words that describe the Lord Jesus Christ and none other. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And somebody says, Preacher, now, what just happened? He went from talking about a, a child, a son, and now he's talking about the Mighty Father? Exactly. <laughs> Philip came to the Lord Jesus Christ on one occasion, and he asked him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will sufficeth, or it will satisfy. And the Lord Jesus Christ beheld our brother Philip, <laughs> and he said, I've been with you such a long time, Philip, and you still don't know? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, you might ask me, have, have you seen Jesus? Oh, yes, I have. Not with these physical eyes, but with the eye of faith. With the eye of faith. So many blessed places. And we were singing that, um, the, uh, that, that, that chorus, weren't we? Which was just repeating what we read in the Gospel of Matthew. How is it? He's the living word. He's Emmanuel. God with us. And then John wrote that in, in the first chapter of the gospel that bears his name, how the, the word was made flesh. So this is uh, clear. The Father is Jehovah. The Son is Jehovah. And the Holy Spirit is Jehovah. And this is one God that I can't even begin to explain. In fact, if you hear somebody explain God to you, I guarantee you, you just heard a man explain someone who is not the true and living God. If you can explain your God, <laughs> you don't have the true and living God, that's for sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave off uh, reviewing all the letters up until J, because we won't have enough time, Gary, I assure you. <laughs> we'll get to J and we won't have enough time. But let's park at the letter J for a little while. And I have been uh, blessed to go through these uh, one by one. I don't know if we'll have time to go through them, and maybe to speed things up a little bit, if you want to just jot notes, I'll give you the reference where I find these, and we don't have to turn to every reference. But, but hear me, the Lord Jesus Christ is the promised Christ, the promised Joshua of God. Now, Joshua in English is Jesus. That's the anglicized name. But when that angel came to, to Joseph, uh, he was saying, name that 
baby that's formed in the womb of, of Mary, name him Joshua. Now, I was thrilled to once again, and I'm sure you've done this, you, you look up a word in your Strong's Dictionary because you want to know the exact meaning. <laughs> I was thrilled to read what Strong's Dictionary says about the, the original language of Joshua. <laughs> Jehovah saved, past tense. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. Jehovah saved. That's the gospel, beloved. Jehovah saved. He shall, will, and has saved his people from all their sins. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Call his name Jesus, Joshua. How come? For he shall save his people from their sins. He's not a wannabe savior. He's not uh, an almost savior. He is a savior, as we read in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. He is a savior who saves all those that come unto him to the uttermost. Like, look at this glorious verse in Hebrews chapter 7. I'm not doing it justice. I'm trying to remember that verse. I want you to read this. He's not an almost savior. He's not a wannabe savior. He's a savior who shall save his people from their sins. Well, who's these people? A real sinner like you and a real sinner like me. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Well, who's the he? The Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, the Lord Jesus Christ is able also to save them to the uttermost, full and complete salvation, to the uttermost that come unto God the Father by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He is Jesus, our Joshua, Jehovah saved. He will, shall, and has saved his people from their sins. And then I thought of this other uh, name, uh, Jesus, our justifier. Look, what it says in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, it says there. Romans chapter 5, I'll begin reading in verse 8. And this is speaking about the double we received of the Lord's hand for all our sins and iniquities. It says there in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by his blood. He is Jesus, our justifier. We're justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. And then it continues on there, verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Did you read those two statements? We shall be saved from wrath. We shall be saved by his life. I, I'm just thrilled. The first three portions of scripture we just looked at, every one of them says shall. <laughs> Not maybe, shall. Beloved, we shall be saved through the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the Father might declare His righteousness, His glorious perfection, that God the Father might be just and the justifier of them which believeth in Jesus, our Lord and God. And then, uh, I don't know if you noticed, all of the blessed titles given to our Lord by Pontius Pilate. If you go back to Matthew chapter 27, 
Both Pontius Pilate and his wife give him glorious titles. It says there in Matthew 27, verse 19, the Lord Jesus Christ is the just man. And in Matthew 27, verse 24, the just person. And then in Acts, you can write this down for reference, you can look it up later, but in Acts chapter 22, verse 14, he is described as the just one. These are titles, glorious, Christ-honoring titles of the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the just man, the just person, the just one. He is the only man to have ever lived who the Father could look upon and say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then he adds this this, uh, merciful, glorious command, hear ye him. Don't hear me. If you're here this morning to, you know, size me up or listen to how I say something, hear the Son. Hear the Son. And these, this is what the Son of God said. Some people don't know this, but let me quote it to you. Jesus Christ said this to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And just prior to that is when our Lord said to Nicodemus, you, you must be born again. You must be born from above. And uh, that's why we're here. All of us, we're waiting on the Lord. You know, that's what it says in Proverbs uh, twenty twenty two. It says there in Proverbs twenty twenty two. Say not thou, I will recompense evil. Say not thou, I'll turn over a new leaf. Say that not thou, I'll, I'll put things right. But wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. How's that? By his blood, by his body. What does by his blood mean, preacher? I don't know what that means. It means... Uh, The shed blood of God's Son to wash away all of your sorry life, all your sins, all your transgressions, all your rebellion. What does His body mean? It means you don't have any righteousness. All your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And the only righteousness that a sinner like me and a sinner like you have is Christ. (laughs) I'm glad about that because it's true holiness. It's true pardon. It's true righteousness. It's true salvation. True salvation. And when God does that work in your heart, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit that you are His child. The just man, the just person, the only just one. And look what it says in in Zechariah. We're just tracing over these uh, titles with the letter J. He's a Jehovah's fellow. Look what it says in Zechariah. I believe that's the second last book of the, of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 13 in verse 7, 7, it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. That is speaking about the Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, uh, I give my life for the sheep. 
And he also spoke in another place. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, Allison, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. You've all had the experience of buying something, you know, and they have a sale and they make you an offer and then you accept or reject that offer. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't say, uh, I offer you eternal life. He didn't say that. Uh, if my English-speaking friends will indulge me for a moment. Él no dijo, yo les ofrezco, si quiere, darme tu permiso. No, él dijo, yo les doy vida eterna y no perecerán jamás. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. He is the captain of our salvation. He's the champion of his people, his elect. What a glorious Lord we have, beloved. <laughs> he sits on the throne unchallenged, uncontested, in peace. Because everything's happening according to his holy and perfect will. What a comfort that is to know that. And boy, uh, I need to be reminded of that all the time. I know that, but in this uh, cadaver, I drag around all the time, babe. You know, it's it's like, what a blessing to hear again. We know all things work together for good. For those who love God, the called according to his purpose. And that's so. Uh, it says here in this seventh verse, it says, against the man that is my fellow. This is Jehovah's fellow. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And he won't, he won't lose one little one. All his people shall be saved. And then it says there in Isaiah, and again, we're bringing to mind these things, knowing that he reigneth. Beloved, how that our God reigneth. We rest in that. And in Isaiah chapter 26, look what it says just after a portion of Scripture I'm sure you're familiar with. It says there in verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now who are we talking about? Are we talking about a little Jesus, a Jesusito? No. We're talking about Jehovah Jesus. Look at verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength, everlasting life. In the Lord Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then um, there's a, an original language word that is translated in our Bible. If you look in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, 14, it's Jehovah Jireh. How's that for a title? For our Lord Jehovah Jireh. It says there in verse 14 of Isaiah, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 22, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And this word Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. Reminds us of what our brother David wrote. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which is another way of saying, I shall not lack. I shall not lack pardon. I shall not lack perfection. 
I shall not lack. And then at the conclusion of that beautiful psalm by David, he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell. I will, in fact, he writes, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Another title for our Lord, he is the judge of the quick and the dead. A judge of the quick and the dead. It says in Acts chapter 10, and we we were looking at this a couple of weeks ago, so it's a, a verse just before verse 43, Acts 10, verse 42. And it says there, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, this is the Lord Jesus Christ who commanded us to preach. Can you think about where he, he commanded us to do that? He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Has anyone ever heard of the judgment of Christ? There is verses in the word of God that make it unmistakably clear what he's going to say to the reprobate and what he's going to say to the redeemed. He's recorded it for us in his word. To the reprobate, he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That word no means love. He's going to say to the reprobate, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never loved you. I didn't so much as drop one precious blood, drop of blood for you. Depart from me, I never knew you. That's the reprobate. But the redeemed, they will hear something very different. They will hear the Lord Jesus Christ saying, come unto me, ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. It says it there right in Matthew chapter 11. He's speaking to none other than the objects of his mercy and grace, those he came into the world to save. Who did he come into the world to save? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And this is what he says in mercy and grace. In fact, this is a a loving command. It's not a suggestion. It's not, I hope so. He's going to, in love, conquer every one of his people. And who are his people? Well, they're described as guilty sinners. They're described as rebels, enemies. And he's going to conquer them all, (laughs) irresistibly so, with a holy calling. It says, these are the words of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You'll only find rest in a person, and that person's name is the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't find rest in religion. You won't find rest in some finer point of of theology versus another point of theology. You won't find rest in debate. You won't find rest in argument. You won't find rest in yourself. You'll only find rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And speaking of those people he came to save, he said, it bears repeating, doesn't it? My sheep hear my voice. They know me, or I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. 
the other verse I've mentioned about the reprobate, and, and no man knows who the redeemed are and the reprobate are, save one man. And that's the title that I mentioned. He is the judge of the living and the dead. That's not me. That's not you. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 7, verse 21, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Well, that begs the question, what is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ told us what the will of the Father is. On one occasion, he said, this is the will of the Father, he who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. What's the will of the Father? Well, we have another instance, another account of a multitude following the Lord Jesus Christ. That multitude had seen the, the miracle of the, 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 the five uh, fish and two loaves, I believe it was, being multiplied, and they got their bellies filled, and they labored to get on the other side of the cove to another place where the Lord had traveled to. And he looked at that multitude, and he said to them, don't labor for those things that perish, but labor for that that does not perish. And immediately just started thinking about, well, then there must be something we need to do to, uh, to labor aright. You know, they had gotten there by boat or by sailboat or rowboat. I don't know. But they, they put a lot of effort to find him a second time. And so they asked our Lord Jesus Christ this question. They said, what is the work that we might work the works of God? And I love his life-giving answer, don't you? <laughs> he said, this is the work of God, to believe on the one God sent. If you're here this morning, a sinner in that pew where you sit right now, and you're believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, that is only by the power of God. That is only by the operation of God that you find yourself believing and trusting in the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to his blood for all your pardon of all your sins and resting in his righteousness as a real man as all your acceptance before our Heavenly Father. <laughs> what joy, what joy. And I'll get to that, Jay, in a second. Judge of the quick and the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ, the just judge, the righteous judge. Look what it says in Second Timothy. Again, we're, we're looking at titles and uh, words and and. Descriptive verbs that describe our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Second Timothy, it says there in Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 8, it says there, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, Jesus Christ is the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but all, unto all them also that love his appearing. We love his appearing because in Christ, he has taken away our judgment. <laughs> it says, there is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment to them that are in Christ Jesus, to them that don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You, you want a, a Sunday class uh, illustration? <laughs> Uh, Noah built an ark. 
And the ark had one door. And that ark is a picture of God's salvation in Christ. And everyone inside the ark was not condemned, only those that were outside the ark. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the door of the sheep. Just like there was one door on that ark. He said, I am the door of the sheep. If any man enter into me, he shall be saved. If any man enter in by that door, he shall be saved. Judge of the quick and the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ, the just judge, the righteous judge, the judge of Israel. And Abraham asked that question. We remember, don't we? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He most certainly will do right. Remember, beloved, he's a just God. That's another title. Isaiah 45. I don't know if, if some of you tune in uh, Brother uh, David Pledger's uh, preaching in the evening. On one occasion recently, I was happy to see him preach out of Luke chapter 24. And very simple outline. The Lord Jesus Christ said that the scriptures are they which testify of him and the the writer the beloved physician luke said that the lord jesus christ showed them out of the out of moses and the prophets and the psalms and that's what our brother did he just went to moses and showed how moses testified of christ and he went to the prophets and showed how the prophets testify of christ in the psalms and in this portion here uh, in Isaiah chapter 45, I'm reminded of that message by our brother because he quoted uh, the portion of how Moses made a, a, a serpent of bronze. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, just as the serpent was raised up in the desert, so shall the Son of Man be raised up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he simplified it. Just as the people in the Old Testament, the cure of that venomous serpent, that poisonous serpent, that asp, the cure was simply to look at the bronze serpent. And uh, our brother just said, uh, well, how, how difficult, Allison, how difficult is it to look at that flower? <laughs> Gary, how, how difficult is it to look there? Any effort on your part? Is that difficult? <laughs> and it's the same thing with the gospel. You just look and live. And somebody might be thinking, well, that sounds like your idea, preacher. Really? Is it? Let's find out. Uh, I'm going to quote to you this other title of Christ. He's a, a just God. Look what it says in Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, and I'll begin, begin, begin reading there in the latter part of verse 21. It says there, There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. And then here, this glorious command. <laughs> Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. So what do we do? By God's grace, by God's mercy, we look. And we keep looking, don't we? <laughs> we keep on looking to the blood. We keep on looking to the, the glorious perfection, the, the righteousness that his broken, broken body represents. He's a just God. Our Heavenly Father 
is just and justifier of him which believeth in his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then the last uh, letter, J, and we'll, we'll finish with this, and I trust, uh, beloved, you'll agree with me, this is a good uh, title for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know who the Lord Jesus Christ is? He's my joy unspeakable. <laughs> He's my joy unspeakable. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, and, and by the way, uh, Kevin uh, Thacker, uh, he said to say hello to all of you. We were talking about uh, our brother Elio, a Mexican pastor from uh, the Yucatan. And I was telling uh, our brother Kevin how uh, I still remember when uh, my brother Elio preached from this portion of Scripture. It says there in verse 5, speaking about God's elect, who are kept by the power of God, guardados por el poder de Dios. And it says, through faith, mediante la fe, unto salvation. And that word in Spanish is translated, uh, salvation que está preparada. It's listo. Ya está hecha. ¿Por qué? Why is it ready? Why is the salvation ready? <laughs> to be revealed in the last time. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the author and finisher of eternal life to them that obey him. And how do we obey him? Look and live. Stop by God's grace. He'll, he'll give you repentance and faith. You'll stop looking at your filthy rags. You'll stop looking at your endeavors to improve yourself. And you'll look at someone who's already perfect. <laughs> someone who's already accepted. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. I've never seen him with these physical eyes, but I, I see him with my spiritual eyes, and I love him. I love him. He's my all in all. Though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Lord Jesus Christ is my joy unspeakable. <laughs> he set me free. And in verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Amen.